Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Obviously, a little more solemn edition with the loss of Kobe Bryant, and everyone's talking about it. It's something that has uh, dominated conversation for a few days since we lost him on Sunday morning. Him, his daughter, seven others, and the horrific helicopter accident in Southern California. And I wanted to have someone on the podcast to talk about him that maybe provided a bit different perspective. Donnie Carr is an assistant coach at LaSalle University who's known Kobe since they were in eighth grade, star player in the Philadelphia area just like Kobe, and a lot of great stories that he'll share with you. Just a unique, true perspective of Kobe Bryant's evolution as a person and a player from very young. I know we're hearing tributes all over the world about Kobe Bryant, the player that people knew from the Lakers, but this was earlier. And I'm in Philadelphia and I saw this article and saw Donnie Carr, the assistant at LaSalle, talking about him. I thought I'd have him on, reached out, and sure enough, he was good enough to come on a really special edition of the Business of Sports podcast. As always, we're presented by BetOnline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code PODCAST1 to receive your 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag. Without further ado, I want to get you a perspective on Kobe Bryant that it's a time, again, we're all going to know this moment. Where were you when? And as I shared, there's a lot to Kobe Bryant, but what the effect seems to have been is that he just has this unique effect. I, I don't remember an outpouring like this. We actually have a player that we lost really close to his prime. Usually, of course, players are much older but the recognition by NBA stars has been amazing. They do this eight-second violation, this 24-second violation, people changing their jersey numbers, people heartfelt. So many questions. What do you do? Do you play? Do you not play? You can say he wanted you to play, but the Lakers and Clippers aren't playing. Mark Cuban's retiring the 24 jersey for his team. Can he do that? I guess he can. Is that something other teams are going to do? Uh, it's just there's, there's the, the, the permutations of this tragic passing are so many and it's just watching it is so different you know i taught my class today and usually my class you know we sort of have to go to a syllabus and we're doing a lot of business stuff and competitive balance in sports with caps and drafts and free agency restrictions but syllabus be damned i mean we had to talk about kobe and today i had john barr who wrote a book start by believing uh about the sexual abuse scandal with Larry nasser in michigan state and just so many emotions today in class. But the Kobe thing rings out, and my son is 17. He was so touched. He does great sports video work, and he did his own video tribute, which I've tweeted out a few times. Just really, and so many people sharing heartfelt stories, whether it's Jimmy Kimmel or what, what Kobe said to um, Jimmy Kimmel, or, or, or I meant what also Jimmy Fallon said. Just just stuff. I mean, he just seems like a great guy. Obviously, you can't gloss over what happened 15 years ago with a rape and it never went to trial. But, you know, imagine how that would be in a social media age. He wouldn't be playing like he was then. Um, so you can't ignore that. And again, this is the complicated, messy part of it. It's not just the basketball player. It's not just this uh, worldly dad that he seemed to be and such a good person. It's also, he had that in his past. So we're all flawed. Myself, of course, included. Everyone's flawed. 
but he had that in it. But again, I'm ranting and rambling because uh, just there's so many emotions swirling around around Kobe. But without further ado, I want to get to Donnie Carr for a truly unique perspective of Kobe Bean Bryant growing up in Philadelphia, being one of the top high school players, not only in Philadelphia, but in the nation going into his pro career. So assistant coach at LaSalle University, someone who's known Kobe Bryant since eighth grade. Here is Donnie Carr. Donnie, welcome. Uh, It's an honor. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. I'm just going to kind of give you a blank canvas, Donnie, because I saw, uh, just to give people some context, you grew up at the same time, were a top high school basketball player at the same time, in the same area, and you had unique perspective on Kobe as a young guy coming out of Lower Marion High School. Just talk about how you met, and obviously you kind of knew each other mutually, and what happened in that first meeting, that first time together. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to say, uh, you know, my heart goes out to Kobe's family um, and the, the other victims' family. And, you know, it was, you know, uh, I'm just deep, deeply sad and, and devastated, you know, by, just like everyone else about this tragic uh, accident, man. And my heart goes out. And yeah. I'm, I'm just praying for the families of all the people that were involved in that, you know, tragic accident. Um. But in terms of Kobe, um, you know, I, I saw the whole maturation process of Kobe Bryant um, in terms of, you know, when he first moved back from Italy, his dad played a long time in, in Europe, and they moved back from Italy to Philadelphia in 1992. That was the first time I met Kobe in that, that summer of 92. And uh, we were, you know, competing against each other down the Sunny Hill League, which was a a famous league that, you know, covered all the bases of Philadelphia basketball. Sunny Hill League was Philadelphia basketball because it started off at at the developmental level and it went all the way up to the pro level. You know, developmental level was, you know, uh, fifth to eighth grade. And then um, future league was ninth and tenth grade. High school league was 11th and 12th grade. And they had a college league for college players. And they had the Baker League for professional players. So, you know, the Sunny Hill League was it in Philadelphia. And Kobe and I met, you know, playing in the Future League uh, the summer of 92. And I just never forget seeing this guy, this long, winky guy um, with, with knee pads on and, 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 and uh, um, elbow pads, you know, <laughs> running up and down the court. And that, and that was the first time I met him. Um, and it wasn't, he, you know, he wasn't nothing special, in my opinion. I just thought that, you know, he was a kid that a lot of people, you know, thought that he was going to be, um, you know, this great basketball player that at the time I couldn't see. Um, obviously, his dad had a lot of influence on that because his dad was, um, you know, a great basketball player in his own right, starring at, you know, Bartram High and starring at LaSalle University. So, um, you know, when his dad first came back, he was – telling the who's who, um, the, you know, the powers to be that his son was going to be an all-time great, and they and they took that and ran with it. And I remember, you know, my first time seeing him, I'm like, yo, man, this guy's just, you know, he's just hyped up because he's Joe Bryant's son. He's nothing <laughs> special. So two, to two years later, just being in awe, you know, of some of the moves he was doing on the basketball court. Um, so the camp you met was like, like for top, almost, top players in the country? Sorry. 
Yeah, so, you know, we, we, we competed against each other, you know, from, from, from that summer on. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we played against each other a couple times a summer. And then, you know, going into um, our senior year, um, it, was a, it was a camp that they had started. We had went to, you know, a couple All-American camps, of uh, ABCD camp. And we went to, uh, you know, we would go to five-star basketball camp. And then there was this camp that the NBA Players Association had started called the NBA camp. And going into that camp, Kobe was the number three player in the country. Um, Tim Thomas was the number one player in the country. And a guy by the name of Lester Earl was number two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, a top, I was a top 30 player in the country at the time. And we were walking to the camp. The camp was held at Princeton University. And, and you know, Kobe walked up behind me. I didn't even know he was behind me. And he just hugged me, man, put his arms around me. He was like, yo, D.C. He was like, yo, man, you know you're my guy, man. But I'm just telling you, man. Because the whole – I think the whole theme of the camp was it was just bigger than basketball. They wanted us to network and get a chance to know each other and, you know, and, right, and so they gave us pizzas and they gave us fans. We didn't have any TVs in our rooms, and all we had was pizza and fans. So, <laughs> um, so we we go in and we're walking in, and Kobe was like, "Listen, man, he's like, I don't want you to feel no type of way because you know I'm not coming out of my room until it's time to play." <laughs> he was like, "So you know you're my guy." You know, but, you know, I'm here on business, man. I'm not coming out of my room. So I didn't know what he was doing in his room. He was like, no, I'm not here to make friends. You know, I'm here to leave this camp, the number one player in the country. And and, and that's what I'm here for. And he was like, I'm not coming out of my room. And he said, when I leave here, I'm going to let everybody know who's the best player in the country. And And that's exactly what he did. He didn't come out of his room. And, you know, his team went on to win the championship of that camp. He won MVP. And he left the NBA camp, the number one player in the country. You know, that focus is something we've heard so much about in the last three days. And you saw it up close as it's, what, 17, 18-year-old. Uh, the story that's resonating around about Allen Iverson and when he picked up, when Kobe picked him up, when they came in together and Kobe's a rookie with the Lakers, Iverson with the Sixers, and he picks him up, takes him out to dinner. Drops him off, says, uh, what are you doing later? And Iverson says, I'm going to the clubs. What are you doing? He says, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> you know? Like, why would you even ask? That does fit just Kobe. Man. I just think that Kobe was wired uniquely different than every other teenager. It was like, you know, we, 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 we were all like that, man. Like, you know, we all worked hard on our games and, you know, wanted to be the best basketball players that we could possibly be. But he wanted to be the best player in the world. He wanted to be a Hall of Famer. He wanted to be an all-time great and leave, you know, you know, an unbelievable legacy behind. And he had that mindset since he was a teenager. And, you know, that's, that's vintage Kobe. I'm not surprised by the story that Iverson told. It's like, you know, that's what – the one thing about Kobe is he was, he was, he was famous for setting challenges for himself. You know, and, and then doing everything in his power to make sure that, you know, he, he was victorious and he, you know, did whatever he was set out to do with that challenge. Like, he was going to make sure he passed that challenge with flying colors. Like, it, it was going to be no ifs, ands, or buts about 
whether he was going to succeed. Similar to like, you know, I saw an interview, you know, with with, with Mike Wilbon, and he was talking about, mm-hmm. you know, when when the challenge was set, like, you know, when sh- when people were like, yo, he can't win without Shaq. He was like, yo, him and Shaq would never play again be- together again because the challenge was issued. And it was like, yo, I'm going to show you guys that I can win without Shaq. That was Kobe as a teenager. I tell people all the time, Kobe was the Mamba. Before, you know, you know how some people, you know, don't quite figure out a name for like like John Kyle Perry had that had 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 his book, you know, um, Players First. And he right. was like, you know, he always coached like that before he had the name Players First. You know, he that's how he always ran his program. His players came first. Kobe always had that Mamba mentality, you know. He just didn't have the name for it yet, you know, when he was a teenager. And he just became a master. That guy would give you 50 in high school. You know what I'm saying? He just <laughs> he just became a master of, you know, his skill. And I, and, I, and I tell people, you know, Kobe was the perfect basketball player. Hmm. You know, if you wanted to put, you know, all the best attributes in a player, that, that was Kobe Bryant. He had the highest basketball IQ, was unmatched. He had the best work ethic unmatched the heart the toughness the will to be great the will to win um talent skill uh uh-huh. all of those things coupled together it's like yo what else would you want in a basketball player you know yeah. that was the perfect basketball player and that was kobe bryant that's so well said and and again talking to donnie carr here who's known kobe for since he was a high school kid since eighth grade even and you don't you, you're a special perspective, Donnie, because you just don't know Kobe. You know, the family, Jellybean Joe Bryant recruited you to LaSalle, and you know the sisters, and you know his mother, and you know his cousins. Did any of that yeah. resonate in terms of? I mean, I guess the question is: Is was, did he just stand out among all those, or was were those traits among the whole family? Well, I think that. Kobe had a combination of of traits, you know, from his father. It, it wasn't no no coincidence that Kobe had, you know, uh, basketball ran on both sides of his family. So his 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 his, uh, his uncle Chubby Cox, who's his mm-hmm. mother's, you know, a brother, you know, was a was was a, a great player in his own right, you know. And then his dad was a great player. So it wasn't no coincidence that Kobe had you know, an unbelievable basketball IQ, you know what I'm saying, or an unbelievable work ethic because those guys were pros. So he had top-level information, and I just felt like, you know, Kobe was was destined for greatness, and a lot of it had to do with pedigree, you know, coming from his uncle Chubby Cox, coming from, you know, his, his dad Joe Bryant, um, and his mom had her own, her own special uh you know, attributes and, you know, you saw all that in Kobe because I've heard that the killer in Kobe comes from his mom because his mom was a no nonsense, like he, you know, like general, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he had, he had, he just had all those special traits in one and he was just destined to be great, you know, from, 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 from a very early age. There's a summer game you talked about, and I know there's video on the website of the Philadelphia Inquirer, you against Kobe. You had him on the first half, right? And then what happened that second half? Yeah. 
<laughs> so that summer league game was interesting because everybody talks about the the the, the, the um the winter time game when Roman played Lower Marion at Drexel University, but you know mostly it was mostly coaches at the game in the summertime. And the interesting thing about that that game is like you know one day I was watching Sports Center <laughs> and I saw that Ray Allen and Kobe were you know were going at each other and. I think Ray Allen said something to, to, to the extent of like, yeah, yeah, Kobe is just a selfish dude, man. Like, you know, when his teammates have their nights, he's a guy that still wants to like dominate the ball and, and don't let, allow guys to have their night and play within the team. And I saw that yeah. Kobe had called his phone and was like, yo, man, you were, you know, saying that about me. The next time, you know, we play each other, I'm a, you know, bust you, <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm saying? So I said, yo, man, that dude been doing that since high school. I said, because, you know, my junior year, going into my senior year, when he became number one player in the country, you know, we played in the same summer league. Like, Lower Marion and Roman played in the same summer league. Right. So, you know, going into that – now, my junior year, we were we were high as number one in the country, number two and number three in the country. And we, we straddled and were in the top ten that whole – that entire year. And so we were loaded. We had Larry Kettner, former NBA player, uh, a young Rasul Butler, 13-year NBA player, mm-hmm. um, Arthur Yard Davis, uh, myself, Tamir Harbin, Ronnie Conway. Like, we had, you know, eight Division One players. And, you know, after my junior year, we we were projected for the next – for the following year to be, you know, the number two team in the country. So, you know – it's this big summer league game coming up between Roman and Lord Marion. And, you know, Kobe doesn't know. And a lot of people don't know. It hadn't been confirmed whether two of our best players were transferring. So I'm on the phone with my high school sweetheart, you know, just talking, you know, it's the summertime and, you know, I'm just talking to my girlfriend. And back then you didn't have call ID. So, you know, I get a beep on my phone. I get a beep on my phone. So I click over. I'm like, hello. He's like, yo, Dom, what's up, man? I'm like, oh, I'm chilling, man. What's going on? I'm like, who this? He's like, yo, it's Bean, man. It's me. It's, it's cold. I'm like, oh, what's up, Cole? What's going on, man? He's like, oh, I'm chilling, man. I ain't doing nothing. I said, yeah, man, I ain't doing that, man. Just, you know, on the phone with my girl, man, chilling out, man. He's like, oh, yeah, that's what's up, man. Hey, yo, man, I got a quick question for you. He's like, is, uh, <laughs> is Arthur Yard Davis going to be at the, the game tomorrow? I was like, uh. Now, immediately, I'm like, yo, this dude is fishing. Like, why is he asking me, is, is y'all going to be at the game? So I'm like, I don't know. Why? What's up? He was like, man. He was like, if if, if y'all comes to the game and, it, and it's you and y'all, you know what I'm saying, then, you know, we can get it on, man, because it's going to be you and him and it's going to be me. We can really get it on, like, both of y'all against me. He said, but if it's just you, I don't even know if it's worth me coming. <laughs> so I double take at the phone. Like, did he really just say that? And I slammed the phone down. Boom. And my sister ran into the room and was like, yo, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, man, this dude just called me basically saying that I'm not on this level that, you know, it's not even worth his time if if, if, if it's just me coming to. So I told her the story. She's like, calm down. I was like, no, nah, man, I can't wait to the game for the game tomorrow. Now, what I didn't know is that, you know, Bobby Knight was going to be at the game himself. Coach K was mm-hmm. going to be at the game himself. Rick Patino was going to be at the game. Like, 
Steve Fisher, like the who's who of college basketball, along with the former uh, head coaches of the 76ers at the time, John Lucas was going to, be, you know, it was going to be at the right. game. So, you know, I get to the game, it's all these people, and I tell my assistant coach, like, yo, what had happened? I'm like, yo, I, I told him the story. And he was like, you know what, Donnie? He's like, it's a summertime game. You know, I don't care about you fouling out. I know he's going to guard you because we know Kobe. He's going to want to create a challenge for us all. So I want you to go out and show all these people that you're just as good, if not better, than Kobe. So I'm like, cool. I was hyped up. I was fired up because of what he did. Uh, you know, we normally shake hands and embrace each other before the games. I didn't shake his hand or nothing. So, you know, it tip off, and I had a great first half. You know, we're going head to head. I had 25. He had four. <laughs> feeling good about myself. Second half comes. <laughs> Kobe has 32 in the second half, and I wound up having four. <laughs> and uh, he finished with like 36 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists. I finished with like 29, nine and nine. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, he did this move. Like in the second half, he was denying me the ball, and the, my, my, my teammate was trying to force me the ball, and he tipped it. You know, and it was two guys running for the ball, and it was another guy running back. He caught up to the ball and whipped the ball between his legs and, like, split the defenders. And then the guy that was running back in transition tried to beat him to the ball and steal the ball. He caught up to the ball and whipped it behind his back and just grabbed the ball and just took off, like, right below the foul line, like from the dotted line with two hands and just start hollering, ah, <laughs> and just, you know, did this ferocious dump, boom, and just came down, swing, you know, he was swinging on the rim, he came down, and he just had this look on his face. It was like, basically like, y'all know I'm that dude, and y'all know I'm the best player on the floor, it's not even close, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just like, you know, he did this other move, because part of the, you know, when I was telling you the story about him, um, um, in ninth grade, you know, being that skinny guy that couldn't really bend down and stuff like that, you know, my advantage then was, you know, I was shorter than him, so I would get up underneath him. You know, the low man wins in basketball. So I would kind of dictate his movements and, like, you know, be able to get up under him, deflect the ball away from him, even steal it from him sometimes. But, you know, I, I told you two years later he was doing unbelievable stuff. He had a personal trainer. He was getting stronger. His lateral quickness was coming. His bones, his body was feeling now. He's more athletic. So in this, in this particular game, in that, in that same game in the second half, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get up under him, but he had dropped his shoulder. And it, it, it was really the identical move that Michael Jordan hit Brian Russell with to win the NBA Finals. It was the mm -hmm. exact same move. The only difference was Michael Jordan had the ball, like, on the left side of the court and, like, going towards the middle. The difference was Kobe was on the right side of the court going towards, like, you know, the baseline, sideline. And I tried mm -hmm. to cut him off, and he, like, rolled. And, you know, back then his, him and his dad used to speak a language that nobody understood. They were speaking, you know, fluent Italian. You know what I mean? And his dad <laughs> used to be on the sideline yelling instructions. So, you know – you know, I'm, you know, I'm intense. I'm fired up. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I think I'm bringing it to him and, you know, his dad's yelling instruction and I'm, I'm up underneath him and he dropped his shoulder and he just made that, that same crossover move. And my, all my, all my momentum was going, you know, with the move, trying to cut him off going right. 
and he had rolled across over and stepped back, and it, you know, like shook me out of my sho- shook me out of my shoes. I can just remember his dad saying, "Oh yeah, son," and it was just like a rhythm shot, and he just held his follow through after he crossed me over and, and switched the shot, and it was just like, "Yo, man, that was a that was a next level move, man." But you know, <laughs> long story short. You know, we lost that game at the buzzer by one. I'll I, I never forget, like, falling to the floor, distraught, like, just, you know, upset that we lost the game. And Kobe just coming over to me, picking me up, you know, hugging me like, yo, man, don't worry about it, man. It's only a summer league game, man. You know, it's only a basketball game, man. But, you know, I love competing against you. You bring the best out of me, man. You know we'll see each other again, man. Hold your head up. And that's kind of how that game ended. You know, everything you're saying, again, just, just sort of flows with everything everyone else is saying. I mean, we talk about it like it's a cliche right now, don't we, Donnie, with the Mamba mentality. But there's yeah. something real there, this this drive. And I think that's what people admire so yeah. much. They, they want it for themselves in and out of basketball, beyond basketball, this incredible drive. Yeah, he, he had... Um... He had, I mean, all of that stuff was unmatched. It's the best I've ever seen, not even yeah. close. Like, his his drive, his his undying, you know, uh, will to be great and to be the best he can. I tell people this, man. Kobe Bryant maxed out. <laughs> he got every ounce of his God-given ability out of his talent. Like, he maxed out. It was nothing else he could have done as a basketball player. Like, he maxed out. And, and, and few guys do that, but he was the one. And it was, it, it was because of all those special traits that he had. Like, his work ethic was far beyond anybody I've ever met. His, his, his basketball IQ was at, of the highest level. His, his, his will to, you know, compete and rip your heart out. He just didn't want to, you know, score on you. He wanted to dominate you. He wanted to humiliate and demoralize you. That was Kobe Bryant, and and that was why he, you know, willed his way to becoming arguably one of the top five basketball players to ever play the game. That's a great statement that he maxed out. You know, we have so many stories in life about great potential without great drive and great drive without great potential. And you're right. He mixed them both. Donnie Carr, you've been great. Is there any other memories you want to share or anything you want to say? Uh, obviously, in memoriam, as so many are, and I know you, among everyone else, is really um, deeply saddened by this loss. Any other thoughts? Just, 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 just again, man, my heart just goes out to uh, uh Joe Bryant, man, a guy that I got a lot of admiration and respect for. A guy that, you know, in my younger years, I developed a great relationship with with his mom, Pam, and his sister, Sharia, and Shea, and uh, his, his, his cousin, John Cox. Man, my, my heart just goes out to those guys. And I just want to say, man, I was blessed and, and thankful to be a small part of his legacy, man. And, and I'm going to miss him, man. I, I, you know, I grew up, I didn't know you know, the black mom, but I knew Kobe being Bryant, you know what I mean? Right. And, um, I'm a miss him, man. I grew up, you know, being a contemporary and, and, you know, I was one of his number one supporters, at, you know, through the years, man, because I just enjoyed 
you know, his approach, you know, and his and his perspective on basketball, on life, and just, you know, him just, you know, giving everything he had to the game he loved, man. And, you know, it's, it's a sad day because, you know, we lost a great role model, man. You know, you know, a great role model and, and, and for the next generation of people and basketball players. And it's just a sad day because he wasn't, he was far more than just a basketball player. He was a, a great leader. Um, um, like I said, a great motivator and, and and a guy that just inspired millions and millions of people, man. And it's just a sad day in the world that we will lose such a, you know, you know, an icon that has so much to give to the next generation of, of people and basketball players. So well said, Donnie. Donnie Carr saw the, um, as you called it, the whole maturation of the evolution of Kobe Bryant, like you said, Kobe Bean Bryant before he was the Mamba. Thanks so much, really, uh, for your heartfelt words on uh, the Business of Sports podcast. Really appreciate it, Donnie Carr. Thank you. It was an honor and a pleasure, man, and uh, thanks for having me, guys. You guys have a blessed night. hope you enjoyed that with Donnie. Really a different kind of look into Kobe Bryant, as he said so eloquently. We're not talking about Mamba here. We're talking about Kobe Bean Bryant, the kid who went into the NBA at age 17. And finally, our word from our sponsor, Bet Online, our good friends, partners at Podcast One. It's Super Bowl week. We got Kansas City at San Francisco. This is quite a game. People ask me who I like. It's hard to pick, but if I had to, I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers, partly because they beat my Packers. Partly because of all the units in the group. I like San Francisco's offense. I like Kansas City's offense. I like San Francisco's defense more than Kansas City's defense. So if I had to pick, that's who I'm picking. I'm picking the 49ers. Tons of great NBA going on this week. Of course, Portland at the Lakers. New Orleans at Houston. Philly at Boston. The Clippers-Lakers might be replayed this week. Boston-Miami and college basketball going on with Kentucky-Auburn, etc. Visit. BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thanks for listening to a special and emotional and heartfelt version of the business of sports all about Kobe Bryant. Really appreciate those of you who follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Thank my son Sam for the great music attached to this podcast. And of course, my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. Appreciate any comments, rankings on Apple Podcasts, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.